Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we are here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. We probably have a couple lines open for you, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC, and we will do our best to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. And, yeah, bandwidth is a big concern these days. Um, the uh, restrictions on hitting you for overage costs on your bandwidth have seemed to be relaxed, um, which doesn't make sense because everyone's saying – we're not supposed to. We're still in the midst of stuff, so it doesn't make any sense to me. But they're billing you for your usage now, and uh, you got to make sure you don't leave the, uh, the the TV on and streaming because leaving the TV on in the old days was just a rabbit ears and some aluminum foil, right? And it didn't cost you anything but electricity, which of course is important. Now, if you leave the TV on along with the electricity you're using, you're consuming bandwidth, and your bandwidth provider, or your internet provider, is going to be happy to charge you for it. Again, it's just like water or anything else that you use. Um, so keep that in mind. Let's go. It just go makes the rabbit ears more attractive. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Let's go to your calls. We're going to go to Ray in Burlington next, if you're there, Ray. Ray, you there? Oh, yeah, I'm here. Sure, good morning. Good morning. Hey, thanks for taking my call first. Oh, our pleasure. And, uh, this is my question. I would yeah. like to transfer movies from a high eight camcorder taken a number of years ago and create DVDs. So um, can I mention the software that I purchased or not? Sure, yeah. The more information, okay. the better. Great. So I purchased the Dazzle DVD Recorder HD. All right. Uh, installed the software and the hardware. And when I went through and started doing some test recordings, uh, uh, the audio was fine on all of the recordings, but the video was very choppy. So oh. did a Google search and tried a few things, such as shutting down the computer, cutting back the apps from memory standpoint. Nothing worked. Did email Corel, and after a couple back and forth emails, they suggested a couple things. They said, download your uh, DirectX uh, exec file, which I did successfully, and then yeah. they said, update your driver. Mm -hmm. So they took me to a website that was the Intel graphics driver for Windows, mm -hmm. and when I tried to download it and install it, it said the driver being installed is not valid for the computer. Contact your computer manufacturer. So, interestingly enough, when I go into device driver, I can see that my uh, graphics driver 
is actually an Intel one from back in March of 2017. Mm-hmm. And when I compare and went to the Lenovo support website, the driver that they have for this machine, because I put in the serial number, and so they bring up the Intel driver, it's actually from 2015. So <laughs> question for you is, is, is this potentially a driver issue? And tell me a little bit about you know the dangers or potential improvements I might get by if I want to reload that older Lenovo driver that they suggest at their support website. Yeah, so I don't think that's any of your problems. So your problem is in rendering and, ah, okay. and, take, and taking the processing of that video and, and rendering it for you to be burned into a DVD image. Rendering is a very heavy uh, CPU and graphics card intensive operation. So what's your, your CPU? Oh, gosh. Okay, i got to be honest. Uh, I'm on the computer right now. Um, Do you know if it's an i5, an i3, oh, an i7? You know what? It's a Lenovo Pro 2. I think it's the i5. Um, okay. I'm here at the computer, so I could check it quick if I'm and I'm in Device Manager. Or, yeah, you should be able to look at the CPU. It might tell you what the uh, level of uh, device you have there. Okay. But, but an i5 is more of a, a business-grade office type of CPU. It's fine, but it's not that beefy for for rendering graphics. Okay. The other aspect of this is your hard drive. If it's a slow 7200 RPM uh, spinny style drive and not a solid state drive. I believe re- it's a solid state because I okay. have seen that uh, when I've, uh, with the Lenovo, even though it's five years ago, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a solid state. Okay. Well, yeah, you splurged when you bought it five years ago. It was expensive back then. Um, yeah. Um, so you've got you make sure you do the work on a solid state drive. Make sure you have no antivirus running. Make sure you have no screensavers running, no other programs running. You need the CPU and graphics card to have every bit of resources it can have to render your video. Um, the, 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 the software you're using is going to bring that video in and try to assemble it with the sound at the same time. Um, so keep that in mind. You need enough hardware to do it. Now, if it's just a built-in Intel video card on a, on a Lenovo device, it may not be powerful enough either. It may not have enough juice. When I, when I say juice, more like RAM on the card or processing power to do a very good job to assist you. Okay. Hmm. So, okay, you, so, you, and it, so I'm think, I think it sounds like what you're saying is this. I need to have a lot more CPU, which is memory, in order for that signal as it's coming across to be able to be processed fast enough so that the video that I see in the software isn't uh, choppy and is smooth. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. CPU is not memory. CPU is actual ability. Ability. Oh, I think okay. of the CPU is the brains yep. um, of the machine. It's, a, it's, it's a IQ. It's ability to process that data for you. Okay. Um, and RAM is important, too. So, again, you need enough he- headroom in the system so that it can actually get that video uh, rendered and processed. I, I do videos for my family every year, and before I change to a uh, solid-state i7-based system, um, it would take eight hours to render a 45-minute DVD. Now it's down to you know less than an hour, and I do it on Blu-ray level, um, and it's all 4K video. So you can really do a lot if you have the right equipment. Okay. Yeah, because when I, when I use the uh, Dazzle software, I can see what's coming across. To yeah. be stored on the hard drive, and so I'm getting the choppiness. So it's it looks like it's just I'm gonna for lack of a better term, it's a one to one view on the screen and the software versus what I see on the on the screen on the compute on the uh, camcorder. So um, 
Right. The camcorder looks perfect, but the screen input, the when you're when you're accepting that data and it tries to render it together, you're, then you're seeing that poor result, right? Yeah, I'm seeing that. Yeah, the choppiness. And then when I play it back, of course, I see what I saw on the input side. So, yeah. um That's what's that. so. So I guess what you're saying is, if I've got an i5, which I think I do, that yeah. might be enough if I have uh, enough memory, enough solid state drive, enough RAM. And a powerful enough uh, video card to do the work. Okay. With now, since I have the uh, video cards in there, it's an, mm-hmm. it is the Intel. I think if I'm using the right term, it's HD Graphics 5300. It's yeah. already installed on it. Right. Should I be going out to try and see if there's um, another graphics card that I would use when I try to do the update in the device manager process? It's yeah. Got the most recent one updated and uh, you don't need... You know, right. I, I don't think that driver will do any any benefit for you. You should go look at the software itself and you said it was a Corel product? It's Corel, yep. Go look and see what its requirements are, its specs are. Uh, okay. And uh, try to try to get a video card or see what a video card would cost to match your, the specs that are required to do this process. I see. Okay. You can, right. That's the biggest problem people have is they buy the software and don't realize whether or not their hardware can do what they're asking it to do. We have this issue all the time. A computer is not a computer. We, you know, we've got clients. Hey, I can buy a three hundred dollar computer. Well, yeah, but it won't do a whole lot. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. So I'll check the specs on the Dazzle. Um, actually, too. Do you besides that? Do you have any other suggestions of other either software or products that are also in the market that do a good job of this and? No, I don't. I've never really done anything with Super 8, so you, know, it's, you need a good way to video capture that and render that data and get it into your system, and it's going to be your video card. So if you've already picked a tool, I would just tell you to try to make sure that your, your hardware can support that tool properly. Otherwise, you're going to have poor results. Okay. If I One last question. Yeah. If I do install other... What, what's the, I guess you could say the, the potential issues or danger I could get into if I start trying to install other graphics drivers will they cause could they cause other issues with other apps and other you know uh, parts of the computer not generally i mean if you're if you're installing the right driver for the right hardware you're okay but to put an old driver on there makes no sense to me you don't want to go to a 2015 driver when you've got a 2017 one running already okay great so i don't think their their support really should have talked about the first thing they should have asked you is you know, hey, Ray, does your hardware meet our specifications? Yeah. And they didn't do that, did they? No, but what they did do is they asked me for, uh, they asked me to uh, pick up and they, a couple, oh, they wanted to do a win audit and then a MS Info 32 report, and mm-hmm. they looked through all my components, supposedly, and said, oh, this is what you may be having the issues with. So uh, okay. but, uh, they didn't ask me that question about the hardware. And then ask me about the CPU. So yeah, well, that's where they really should start to make sure you match and meet their specs. That's number one, and you'll get better performance with better hardware. Good. Well, you know what I might do is I now that I've gone back to them, I may um, email them back and say, "What about my CPU and my memory and hardware specs?" And yeah. are those matching so that uh, they can provide me with the same type of advice that or you know, see what they say with the advice that I give to them that I right. got from you. Sounds good. So, hey, thanks very much. Have a good Halloween. <laughs> you and, too, uh, right. I appreciate your help. Anytime, sir. Thank you. All bye right, bye bye. We'll step out for a quick break. Get back to more of your calls. Eight hundred nine six six WTIC five two two WTIC. We'll be right back. 
And we are back. This is Computer Talk on a scary Halloween Saturday morning. And if you want to see what Bob and I dressed up as for Halloween, feel free to go to uh, WTIC's Facebook page, and you'll find out we dressed up as computer geeks. Uh, we're going to get right to your calls. I mean, when I was a kid, I dressed up as a, a bum. All my dad did was he would take a cork and uh, burn it and rub it on my face and said, you're all set. Go out and <laughs> go trick-or-treating. I'm like, oh, geez. I think nowadays we could even do that. That's probably not even politically correct these days. Let's go to uh, Walt in Nagadak. What's going on, Walt? Walt, you there? Hey, Walt, you there? Walt going once? Uh, Walt's probably listening on uh, hold or something. You there, Walt? I think his name is Walt in Nagatuck. And we'll put Walt back on hold. Let's go to over to Don in West Springfield next. What's going on, Don? Where'd you guys go? <laughs> Where is everybody? Walt, you there? Don, you there? Anybody there? Don's here. Hey, Don's there. What's going on, Don? Don, uh, yeah, I'm from West Springfield. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I have a problem with uh, a file explorer icon on my desktop. Um, when I open it up, it opens up and shows me uh, the list of uh, folders and files and whatever. But for some of the files that I try to open, it just sits there and says I can't find it. But if I go to, let's say, an ex my Excel icon, mm -hmm. I open that up and I open up uh, a particular file, um, try to open it, it'll open. But I can't get to those files through the File Explorer icon. I don't know what the problem is. Sounds like an association issue. What do you think, Bob? Yeah, I think yeah. that uh, your uh, shortcut is probably bad. And I think what I would do is... Um, Basically, get rid of it and create a new one. And how do I do that? So, um, what you want to do is go to uh, your start button and navigate down to, I believe it's under system. Hold on a second. Okay. Let's see here. It's going to be under Windows system, I believe. Yeah. And then uh, under Windows system, there's File Explorer. Basically, you uh, right-click on that and click on uh, where it says, uh, well, you can pin it to start. You'd have to go to, uh, yeah, there you go. Pin it to your start menu or pin it to your uh, taskbar. And then once you do that, you can right-click on it, I think, and send it to your desktop. Your desktop, yeah. So what we're doing is just telling you to go re, re go re through the same process of getting your file explorer on your desktop, and that might work. It could also be that you've got an association issue within your your file explorer where it doesn't see or it doesn't want to open up Excel files. Um, are you sure though that the files you're opening up are the same files? Could you have a corrupt file that you're trying to click on? Um, no. Um, it's not corrupt. Okay, so I'm guessing that for some reason the file extension is not associated with Excel. When you double-click on it, it's not kicking off and opening up Excel for you like you're hoping, right? But when you go into Excel, of course Excel is going to open an Excel file. It has no problem with that. Right. So to, to associate files within File Explorer is just a matter of 
that's a little more configuration as well to re to reconfigure that so that you associate certain applications with certain file extensions. Um, that we can easily put instructions on for you as far as how to redo that. I suspect that's what happened. But does it happen all the time with every Excel file or only certain Excel files or is it certain flavors of Excel files or is it all the well, time? Well, it can happen Excel? with a Word file as well. Randomly? Mm, couldn't tell you that. Okay. So it sounds like you don't have a proper association for doc or XLS type files so that when you double click on them, the Explorer says, oh, I, I know what I'm going to use here. I'm going to use this program um, to, ex to open it up. Because you know when you open it up manually through the actual tool, it does work. So I think it's an association issue. The only way to prove okay. if it's something else where it sort of works one time and doesn't work another time, and that would be back to corruption of the file or versioning of the file. A lot of folks have different flavors of Word, right? So if I send you my Word 2013 and you're running Word 2010 and I haven't set it, sent it to you in a compatibility mode, your Word may not be able to open it up very well. It, it, it at least should try, though, and I suspect yours isn't even trying, right? Right. You know, this problem happened after we had a power outage here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, you could have had a black bear walk past your house, too. I don't think that's logically connected. <laughs> Okay. Uh, but I hear you. As an IT guy, we hear that kind of stuff a lot. You know, la the last thing I did was I had a peanut butter sandwich and I lost power. Uh, it it shouldn't have anything to do with it. Shouldn't do that to you as far as logic goes. Uh, but we can okay. show. We, we're going to put a link up here as to how you reassociate um, uh, programs with files, and you can check the association to make sure that the proper application is used when you double-click on that type of file. And I think that's your problem. You may have to reassociate or even associate the proper app. Maybe you've got a couple flavors of Word on your system or a couple flavors of Excel, and it's gotten confused. Is that possible? Well, you know, um, I haven't um, changed the files, per se, and up until the uh, power outage, <laughs> um, I never had a problem. Yeah. I, I could go right to File Explorer, open it up, Look for the file, open it up, no problem. Well, so th here's the thing, right? So I could even give you a little bit of, okay, maybe it was the, the power outage because when your computer rebooted, because it hadn't been rebooted in you know three months, it updated on you. So yes, the power outage was the thing that forced the machine to reboot finally and apply updates. So it could have been something like an update that broke this on you. What version of mm -hmm. operating system are you running? About 10. Windows 10. Windows 10, yeah. I mean, if after a power outage you went from a cold start, your system could have said, oh, hey, I'm going to update this thing while uh, Don Don's uh, power cycled me here, and, and now a new version of Windows came on, and it, it could have broken something. Um, that mm -hmm. is possible. But it was not the result of the – it wasn't a power outage that damaged or anything. It just was a cause and effect. Uh, oh, okay. So that could have occurred. But go check your file associations first to see if, if that is correct. So maybe that update – if the update occurred – damaged your association in some way. Okay, I'll look for that link that you're going to post. It's going to be there for you, sir. Okay, thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, so bye it bye. is bye-bye. It is an issue with with logic sometimes, you know, and, and you know, after the power outage. So yeah, in this case, it could have been the case, but generally the machine shouldn't change much. Um and and what happens is you never really know when Microsoft forces an update, when your Word document program decides to update. When your antivirus decides to update, there's so many different things that can cause this, these problems 
It's not really an if-then type of scenario. I wish it was. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. We have a couple lines open for you. 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Everything's posted over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com, which also works. And if you follow us on tab, follow us at Tab Computer Systems on Facebook, our uh, links may get into your news feed if Zuckerberg deems them worthy. We'll be right back. Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And coming in at 11, Dr. Leslie will be in with Healthy Rounds. He'll give you a second opinion on your health advice. A couple things on the uh, live stream there. Folks are wondering what they're going to do with uh, YouTube TV dropping Nesson. So here's the beauty now as a consumer, right? In the old days, if YouTube, if your cable company dropped a channel, you could they would actually have a commercial asking you to whine to the cable provider to come to a deal so that such and such channel would continue. In this case, you can actually take action as a consumer. And guess what you can do? Cancel YouTube TV. Like that. And you're going to say, Eric, wait a minute. Where am I going to get my TV? Well, there's a bunch of other alternatives that let you just go ahead and try them. So it gives you a great reason to try Sling or try Hulu. You know, you just sign up, put your credit card in. It's going to be less or the same amount of money. You mean there's competition? It's the beautiful thing. <laughs> so if you feel, you know, they might even ask you why you're canceling when you do go through the process. Hey, you guys can't figure out how to get an Essen. Gone. I'm telling you, you do have more power than you think you do um, as a consumer. And the more of us that do it, then, of course, yet Nesson and YouTube might come to an agreement. And then another person on the stream asked me to to show you the uh, the Ubico key that I use for two-factor authentication. We put a link up there at computertalkwithtab.com, so you can go ahead and take a look at it right there. It's a it's a great way to give yourself a whole lot more security. Um, that really it's unhackable. I know I know that sounds impossible, but it is unhackable. Without this key, you can have my password to the uh, to the website that I'd be using, but you can't get into it unless you have the key plugged into your computer and you've touched it. <laughs> Period. That's pretty darn secure. Um, so I'll say nothing's unhackable, but I'll say it's pretty darn hard to hack. Um, I couldn't think of a way. Well, hackers generally go for the easy targets. Yeah, the low-hanging fruit. Um, all right, let's get back to your calls. You're nice enough to join us on this Saturday morning. we got a ton of calls here. We're going to go to Joe in Berlin first. What's going on, Joe? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I have past month or so, I've been getting all kinds of junk email. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that can you can change the stop some of that? Depends on where your mail is coming from. So who's Comcast? Who's, it's Comcast. So yeah. you can go into. I'm I, I don't I'm not a Comcast subscriber, but you most of these folks that are off of the mailbox do give you a way to crank up the uh, spam protections. So okay. you should log into your Comcast account, go into your email configurations. They should have a junk mail or spam settings area where you can kind of increase those settings to be a little more um, harsh, and that way you should get less. You can also go into your Outlook uh, cl mail client and uh, configure it to uh, handle junk mail a little more harshly as well. Oh, okay. Uh, also, uh you had an earlier call about uh, the printer being offline. Yeah, I'm having that same problem. Sure. And uh, you know, it's I'm going through uh, my own router and uh, modem. Yeah. And uh, the printer's uh, wired uh, to the uh, router. 
Yep. So again, set that printer as a static IP address. Pick 192.168.1.38. All right, whatever that is. Okay. Make a note of it on the printer if you have to to remember. But so go into the printer and say, "Hey, printer, your IP address is static, and here's it. Here's what it is." Then go into your router and say, "Hey, router." Do not give out 192.168.1.38 to anything else. It's called a reservation. You're going to oh. tell the, the DHCP server to not hand that IP address out because you've already designated a device on that IP address. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's what you got to do. And then while you're in there, configure OpenDNS. I, I already had that. Nice, nice. All right, you're way ahead of people. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. You got it, Joe. Bye. Bye-bye. Let's go on to Al and Avon next. What's going on, Al? Al? Hey, uh, just a point while I was on hold, uh, that Joe from Berlin would Comcast and yeah. excessive emails. I've been getting about a half a dozen a day all over the eastern block of Russia. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. The spam folder, I have already, I've actually called down to Philadelphia and mm-hmm. spoke at length with their security department and all yeah and uh have they given you any suggestions besides what i gave or were those no no yours is better than theirs even their own uh they they, all they basically said was hey we're overloaded what can we do i says you know they're coming from fake ip i'm sorry fake email addresses right out of comcast yeah and they're sequential one right after the other yeah Well, well we just can't they just couldn't delete them or this or that. Yeah, they need a better job of uh, setting up boxes. They need to make sure that these are correct users, but that's right, up to them. Exactly. It is their fault if they're, I tried if they're getting to get junk at like that, that. But they they wouldn't. Uh, nope. They they wouldn't want to acknowledge that. Yeah. Nope. Nope. So what's up with you? Ah, uh, I took I uh, updated the Windows 10 with a new feature. Uh huh. And that was. A real chore. I mean, I had to knock out the USB dongle I had on my laptop for the mouse. Sure. Had to shut off the McAfee antivirus. So after the third attempt was a charm. Yeah. And it did load. My question now is, there's 37 gigabytes worth of uh, previous Windows installation and a bunch of other things. Clean them up. Clean that up. And then one last question is, it also listed about eight driver updates. Mm-hmm. Is it okay to do those in mass, check all the boxes, and click download and install? Um, Assuming so. they know what they're doing or <laughs> do them one at a time. I kind of know the answer. but Well, see, 15 years ago I would have been scared, right, because it used to be plug and pray. Yeah. Oh, all right. That's a good one. Yeah. 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 Nowadays, <laughs> they're they're better, maybe. Um, so I would be more apt to have you update them all uh, and assume they know what they're doing. But Microsoft is notorious for saying your system is Windows 10 ready, and yeah. then deciding it's not. Um, oh, I on, can tell you that. Yeah. Right. Right. But this this is a different flavor. This is just individual drivers listed. No, I know that, um, yeah. so that they're going to now make you more compliant with the Windows 10 update you just did. So, yes, you can go ahead and do that. Yeah. Um, just be, you know, you sound like you're leery and, and would be able to go back and roll back drivers if you had an issue with your video or you had issues with something else. You should be able to roll yeah. it back. So. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. 
All right, and we'll give it a whirl. It'll be a lot easier, that's for sure. To do it all at once, it would be, yeah. You can also do it on the hardware side of things and not through the Windows side of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I go to device manager, you're thinking? And well, I'm thinking if you, like, let's say you have an HP device. HP yeah, would have its own updating system where it will update drivers itself specifically for its hardware. So it'll actually do a scan and say, oh, okay, Al, we need to update these drivers. We need to update this firmware. And oh. I would contend they would know better than Microsoft uh, what drivers need to be updated. So my HP Envy's got a routine where I can go to do... Yeah, what's it called, Bob? Yeah, what's that called? Yeah. Oh, the HP. i got to make sure I wake Bob up every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, HP is... HP support assistant. Support assistant. <laughs> you should have a little support assistant. It's going to look like a big question mark with... Oh, I've blue. got that, yep. I, I didn't realize I, I hardly read any anything that comes in on that. Well, it's a great resource because it it's is. really going to try to update your hardware with specific HP drivers specifically for your hardware. So it right, really good. it's like the uh, electronic health records of ten years ago. They were useless. There's no, nothing on them. Yeah. But you're saying that support assist is pretty good now, huh? It does know. It knows about what you. It knows what you've got, and it knows what you need better than Microsoft does. Oh, okay. I'll have to start utilizing it then. All sure. right. Very good. All right. I appreciate it. Good luck, Al. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right, bye-bye. So uh, Jennifer didn't like my answer on uh, getting rid of uh, YouTube TV for Nessun because I guess Hulu doesn't have Nessun either. So, again, maybe we'll find a, a, another a streamer that has uh, Nessun. Maybe we won't. Maybe Nessun will say, hey, go pound sand, YouTube TV. I'm going to go to Hulu, and they get a better deal. Well, then if you really like Nessun, if you're a Sox fan and you want to watch the Sox, um, that's where you're going to have to go. And uh, you can make that switch rather fast. And the faster you make it, the more impactful it is, I would contend, to the uh, folks at YouTube TV. Oh, geez, we're losing all sorts of New England um, customers. wonder why. Um, just one of those things. Let's go on to your calls. Actually, no, Matt's going to be screaming at me if I don't go to a quick break, right? So we're going to step out for a quick break. David, hang on. This is Computer Talk. A couple lines open for you. We'll be right back. We are back. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. This is uh, Computer Talk with Tab on WTIC. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And uh, let's get right there. Bob is using his outside voice. We love it. <laughs> we're, going to get, we're going to get to your calls here. Let's go to uh, David in Waterbury next. What's going on, David? Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, on such a frosty morning. Yeah. Uh, I hope you can help take some frost off the relationship with my wife because uh, <laughs> this is the thing. Um, when she uses, we, we share uh, one particular desktop computer, even though we have two other laptops. One desktop computer runs Vista, okay, which Vista. I know. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, she refuses to give up Vista because it has great quick. She's a teacher on it. But the problem becomes when she tries to use an embedded email response icon in a program on right? Vista. It, um, it puts my information in there and she's furious uh, and I don't know why that is because well, I use Hotmail she uses Hotmail yeah. when I use Hotmail when it says do you want to keep the Hotmail open I always click no right okay and yet 
when she goes into, um, it happened the other day, she was trying to respond um, to a job uh, application, and she put... It, it pre-filled your information in there. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, all I, part I can't of the figure browser. out how to change it. That's all part of the browser. You have to clear all your cache. It's all stuff that's in your browser. It has nothing to do with anything else. The browser cookies are holding this information, and the website saying, oh, the last time somebody put something in a field, it was this. And I'm going to go ahead and pre-fill it for you because it's, it's so helpful. Um, that's all it is. It's just a browser cache, and the the site you're going to is looking at wherever that cache is stored and saying, oh, okay, I'm going to grab this information. David's got it here for me. It was nice enough to put it there for me. There's really not a whole lot you can do. The next time you go, go ahead and put this information in, the browser is going to try to help you. Um, I can go and see if you can turn all that off somewhere. Um, I'm sure there is a way to do it, so it never happens at all, ever. Um, but it can be handy-dandy. I mean, why is she so angry when she sees your name? <laughs> <laughs> because it's just an extra added step for her to have to delete that information and put mine in. And uh, I went to, into the basic operating system, I think, and tried to change the administrator no, no, function. No, 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 no. No, that's not it. It's it's no. your browser. Yeah, so she's using what? Chrome, IE? What is she using? Uh, well, she uses Firefox. Yeah, the, yeah, so the autofill function of Firefox is filling in those because it's there. I want to say it's autofill. I think that's what it's called. Um, is filling in this information, and you can, you can change that, um, that setting in Firefox. I can find a link for you. Oh, well, here's the other, the follow-up question that yeah. that gets me, gets yeah. my go. When I try to respond, and you know, to use an embedded um, email uh, icon in a, in a site, mm -hmm. okay, it tells me it comes up with an error message, and it says that somehow there's no connection to um, the email program. There's no email program on file. When mm -hmm. I use it, I yeah. don't understand that. This is again on that same Vista computer. I'm sorry, said is it, it on that same Vista computer? Yes, yeah, and it's desktop Vista. <laughs> Vista, <laughs> I've forgotten more about Vista. Vista was the worst operating system. When I always thought of Vista, I thought of a just a cliff where you should chuck your computer <laughs> over the Vista. If it had Vista, you'd chuck it over it, right? Uh, I think we have to find an autofill configuration here for you um, that'll help you with configuring forms or having that on there. I don't know why it would work for her and not you, other than the she could be logged in and the browser is knowing her login on the browser versus your login on the browser. Ah, okay. There's a reason why Vista was the shortest-lived operating system, my, operating system Microsoft ever made. Really? Yeah, it's really bad. One of the worst. Oh, um, my gosh. Yeah, tell her to stop using GradeQuick on that software. Isn't there a new version of GradeQuick on, that you can use on a different computer, or is it no uh, longer made? Well, the problem is that at that employer, she retired from that employer, and that was a license to them, and she uses that. Wait a minute. She's not doing that legally, you know. Really? <laughs> She's not working there anymore, right? Well, but it's just a uh, arithmetic or mathematical function program. 
Right. Well, somebody wrote it. Somebody should get paid. I'm just giving you a hard time. Um, I'm, oh, not the, okay. I'm not the software police. <laughs> Again, anytime somebody bought software, I mean, it's licensed usually to the company. But if she paid for it, that's one thing. It's too bad you can't get it running for a current version of operating system because that Vista machine is going to fail. And she's yeah. going to have to learn. And this is the funniest thing about teachers. Um, she's going to have to learn a new system. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and it's always funny when we talk with teachers who are not interested in learning something new. Yeah, um, it is. It really is. Uh, but don't bring that up with her. It'll make it no. worse with your relationship. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> the information. My pleasure. I'll look for a link on your uh, website. Yeah, thank it'll be here I, for how to control the autofill. That should help a little bit. Perfect. Thank you. All right. You're welcome, David. Bye. Bye-bye. Vista was released in November of 2006. Wow. Long so time it's ago. been 14 years. And she's still running Vista so she can run grade quick. <laughs> that PC doesn't owe you anything. No, no, please retire, retire it gracefully. <laughs> I'm surprised the version of, I mean, who knows a version of Firefox she's even running on that. Well, how about the hard drive? Oh, my gosh. 14 years, 365. Well, I'm not sure how many days it's been running. Um, all right, we'll try to squeeze in a quick call here in the top of the hour. Uh, we're running close to out of time here. Let's go to Joe in Watertown. We'll do our best for you, Joe, but we're coming up against the end of the show. Hi, okay. I, I'm pretty quick, I think. Right. I have a problem. I used to have my full screen. And when I watch the video, I'd be able to watch it on a full screen. Yeah. And then I bring my cursor down to the bottom, and my desk, uh, my uh, uh, that what 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 did you call it? The uh, the taskbar will come up, and I'd be able to to change the volume and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but now uh, it stopped doing that, and the only way I could get the t- uh, the taskbar to come up is if I reduce the size of the the picture of the video, and uh, I, I you know then I'd be able to get my taskbar up. You got to re-anchor your taskbar. Your your taskbar must be not anchored anymore to the bottom of the screen, right, Bob? Well, yes. no, it, it it is. I thought oh. it was. It's it's always been there, and uh, I went to taskbar settings. Yeah. And uh, is it anchored? Is it locked? Uh, which one it would be? Uh, I should lock. say lock the taskbar. Right, the bottom thing is the check mark. Check mark should be lock the taskbar. Do you have oh. that check? Uh, okay. Well, it was off, but now I just put it on. Check it on. Now you okay. should be good. Okay, we'll we'll give that a shot. I I was just there a minute ago yeah. while I was waiting, and uh, they were all checked over. You know, everything was on. It was supposed to be on. All right, we'll leave it on. Okay. That should do okay. it. Okay, we'll, we'll try that again. Okay. All right, Joe. See, I thought that would be fast. You have. Very good, <laughs> sir. Nice job. You too. Bye-bye right. now. Bye-bye. We're, we want to thank all you guys for joining us on this scary Halloween morning. Uh, here in Connecticut. Uh, thank you very much for watching us over on the stream over at WTIC's Facebook page. Be sure to like and share it. Thank you, Mike, uh, for posting everything live, and thank you, Matt, over in Farmington for doing everything you did remotely, even though we had some sort of problem at the beginning of the show. I'm going to hold you to that. We're going to talk about it later. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as, as usual and customary, we'll see you when. We'll see you next week. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back. 
And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.